0: Listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four volume, over 2,500 page work of the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you'd like to get your own four volumes, you can do so at Tan Books, and at checkout, use the code PODCAST15 and you'll save 15% off. There's also a Facebook group where you can entertain conversations with others who are reading and following along. Today is day number 74, and we are reading from Book 2, Chapter 14, Paragraphs 637 to 645. Imaginary Vision of Most Holy Mary, the Queen of Heaven, 637. In the fourth place must be mentioned the imaginary visions, which are produced by sensible visions, raised or set in motion in the imagination or fantasy. They represent the object in a material or a sensitive manner, in the same way as are represented those things we see, hear, touch, or taste. By means of this kind of vision, the Most High manifested to the prophets of the Old Testament great mysteries and sacraments." Such happened especially with Ezekiel, Daniel, and Jeremiah, and under the influence of similar visions the evangelist St. John wrote the Apocalypse. Since these visions partake so much of the sensible and corporal element, they are much inferior to the ones spoken of under the preceding heading. On this same account, the demon can reproduce them in appearance by exciting phantasms of the imagination. He does not. However, reproduce them in reality, being the father of lies. Therefore, it is necessary to beware of these kind of visions, and to examine them in the light of the teachings of the saints. For if the demon perceives the cupidity toward them in the soul during prayer or devotions, and if God permits, he can easily work deception, Even some saints, though dreading the dangers of such visions, were nevertheless entangled in them by Satan, in his assumed light, as is related in their lives, for our instruction and warning. 638. The one in whom these imaginary visions and revelations were, without any danger, entirely secure and divine, was Most Holy Mary, whose interior light could not be obscured or invaded by the astuteness of the serpent. Our queen was favored with many such visions, for of this kind were those which manifested to her many of the actions of her most holy son, while absent, as we shall see in the sequence of her life. She also perceived in imaginary visions many creatures and mysteries, whenever the Most High so dispensed it according to his will and providence. And since this and many benefits received by the sovereign princess of heaven were ordained for the most high ends, not only for the advancement of her own sanctity, purity, and merits, but also for the advantage of the church, of which the great mother of grace was to be a teacher and a cooperatrix in redemption. The effects of these visions and her understanding of them were admirable, and they were invariably accompanied by incomparable proofs of the glory of God, and of new and increasing gifts and graces in the soul of Most Holy Mary. Of the effects of these visions in other creatures, I will speak immediately below, for of these and the next kind of visions, the same can be said as their effects in other souls are concerned. Corporeal visions of the divine origin enjoyed by Most Holy Mary. 6.39 6.39 The fifth and lowest order of visions and Revelations are those which are perceived by the corporeal and exterior sense. And that is the reason why they are called corporeal, although they can be brought about in two different ways. The one kind are truly and properly called corporeal visions, when in a visible and quantitative body some supernatural being appears to the sight or touch, be it God, a saint, or a demon, or a soul, and the like. Such body being formed for that very purpose of the ministry and power of good or of bad angels from either of the phantasms, which, though it is not true or natural, body of the thing represented by it, yet is truly a quantitative body constructed from the ether in external dimensions. The other kind of corporeal visions are such an improper sense rather an illusion of the sense of sight, for they are only an image of the object, its coloring, which an angel can make visible by alteration of the intervening air. The one that sees it thinks that he looks upon a real body, actually present. Though there is no such body, but only an empty image, by which the senses are imperceptibly fascinated. This kind of illusory visions of the senses is not proper to the good angels, nor to divine revelation. Although they are possible to God and the angels, such might have been the voice which Samuel heard. But they are a favorite ruse of the demon, on account of their deceptiveness, especially in regard to the sight. Therefore, and because the queen never had this kind of vision, I will speak only of truly corporeal visions, such as she really enjoyed. 640. In the holy scriptures are many instances of corporeal visions granted to the saints and patriarchs. Adam saw God represented in the form of an angel. Abraham saw three angels. Moses saw a bush, and many times the Lord himself. Likewise, others who were sinners have had corporeal or imaginary visions. As for Cain, Belthazar, who saw the hand on the wall. Then imaginary images, as for instance, Pharaoh, and the vision of the cows. Nebuchadnezzar, and of the tree and the statue and others recorded in the Holy Scriptures. These instances prove that in order to see corporeal and imaginary visions, sanctity is not required in the subject. But it is true, nevertheless, that they who obtain such an imaginary or corporeal vision, without receiving, therefore, any light or intelligence, cannot be called prophets, nor can they be said to receive a true revelation, but only those who received the necessary understanding of the vision, as Daniel says. Thus Joseph and Daniel were prophets, not, however, Pharaoh, Balthazar, Nebuchadnezzar. Moreover, those are the more important revelation and visions, which are accompanied by a higher intelligence. Although to judge from outward appearances, others may be called higher, namely those which represent God or the mother of God and the saints, according to their station. 641. It is certain that in order to receive corporeal visions it is necessary that the senses should be prepared. The imaginary ones are often sent by God in sleep, as for instance in the vision of Joseph, the husband of Most Holy Mary, of the Magi kings, of Pharaoh, etc. Others can be perceived, while the senses are in the full natural activity, this not being repugnant, But the ordinary and co-natural manner of receiving the corporeal, as well as the intellectual visions, is during some rapture or ecstasy of the external senses. For in such a state of the interior, faculties are more collected and prepared from the perception of high and divine things. Yet the exterior senses are apt to be a hindrance less to the intellectual visions than to the imaginary ones, the latter having more affinity for exterior things than the acts of the intellect. Therefore, it often happens whenever the intellectual revelations are not infused species, or when the affections do not suspend the action of the senses, the most high intelligences of great and supernatural mysteries are conferred without the cessation of the activity of the senses. 642. In the Queen of Heaven this happened many times and even frequently. For though she was enraptured during many of the beatific visions, which in ordinary mortals is always required, and also during her intellectual and imaginary visions. Yet even while she was in the full use of her senses, she received higher revelations and intelligences than all the saints and prophets in their greatest ecstasies. Nor, in any wise, did her exterior senses disturb her imaginary visions. For the great heart of Mary, so full of wisdom, was not embarrassed by the sentiments of admiration and love, which are wont to take away the sensible activities of the other saints and prophets. This was true of her corporeal visions, as is evident from the annunciation of the message by the archangel Gabriel, Luke 1.18. And although the evangelists give no other instance in the course of her most holy life, prudent and Catholic judgment cannot doubt that they did happen at other times. For the queen of heavens and of the angels was to be served by her vassals, as we shall relate later on, when we describe the continuous service of her angelic guard, and of other angels appearing in corporeal and visible form. It happened also in another way, as we shall see in the following chapter. 6.43 Other souls must be very circumspect and careful in regard to these corporeal visions, since they are subject to dangerous deceptions and illusions coming from the ancient serpent. Those who never seek them avoid a great part of this danger, If the soul is free from such desire and from other disorderly affections, and if then any corporeal or imaginary vision should happen, it must be very cautious before performing and executing that which is enjoined by those visions. For it is a very bad sign and savoring of the devil's influence, if, without any deliberation or counsel, it immediately believes and obeys, since the good angels, who are our teachers in matters of obedience... Truth, prudence, and holiness do not urge such a course of action. There are also other indications and signs, generally accompanying the causes and the effects of such visions, which will securely guide souls as to their truthfulness or their falsity. But I will not enter into these matters in order not to be led away from any purpose, and besides... I submit myself in these things to the doctors and teachers of the spiritual life. Instruction of the Queen of Heaven 644 My daughter, in this enlightenment which thou hast received in this chapter, thou hast a certain rule of action in regard to the visions and revelations of the Lord, and it inculcates two precautions. The one consists in the subjecting of these revelations to the examination and the judgment of thy confessors and superiors, asking the most High with a lively faith. Let he give them light to understand his divine will and truth to instruct thee fully therein. The other consists in questioning thy own heart and observing the effects of these revelations and visions, prudently trying to assure thyself against thy error. For thy divine influence, which accompanies them, will urge and draw thee on, inflaming my heart to chase love and reverence of God, to acknowledgment of thy littleness, to abhorrence of the earthly vanities, to desire of being despised by creatures, to joyful suffering, to love of the cross, and an earnest and generous acceptation of it. It will move thee to seek the last place, to love those that persecute thee, to fear and abhor sin, even the slightest, to aspire to the purest, the most perfect and refined in virtue, to deny thyself thy own inclinations, and to unite thyself to the highest and truest good. When he thus teaches thee the most holy and perfect things of the Christian law, and excites thee to imitate him and me, then thou wilt have infallible signs of divine truth, revealed to thee by the Most High in these visions. 6.45 And in order that thou dearest mayest execute this doctrine, which thou hast received, through the kindness of the Most High, do not forget it, and do not lose sight of the blessing of having been instructed by him in these things, which so much loving caress. Renounce all human esteem and consolation, all the delight and pleasure of the world. All that thy earthly inclinations demand, refuse to thyself, although it may be small and listed in itself. Turn thy back on all sensible things, seeking only to love and to suffer. This is the science and divine philosophy taught thee by the visits of the Most High, and in it thou wilt feel the force of the divine fire, which should never, through any fault and thy negligence, be allowed to become extinguished in thy bosom. Be alert, dilate thy heart, Gird thyself with fortitude in order to be commissioned with great undertakings and be able to accomplish them. Be constant in thy faith. Regard these admonitions, believing in them, esteeming them, and writing them in thy soul with a humble and loving affection of thy heart, as being sent in faithful solicitude by thy spouse and transmitted to thee by me, thy teacher and mistress. This concludes our reading today for Day 74. Today, we finished the chapter, chapter 14, paragraphs 637 to 645 of book 2 of the Mystical City of God. Well, today we heard two different types of visions the imaginary visions and then the corporeal visions. And so, I think that it's a good thing for us to sometimes use our imagination. I'm not saying that we always have visions in our imagination, but that In the spiritual life, especially St. Ignatius of Loyola taught about imaginary prayer. And so when we pray to place ourselves perhaps in one of the scenes of the Bible and to see in that prayer then what you see, what is God trying to tell you, who are you, what do you witness as one of the people in that gospel scene, you watch it unfold as it happens. So I think it's good to use our imagination. I don't think we should claim those, again, as visions, but just as an experience of prayer. When it comes to the corporeal visions, as we heard today, uh, they are the manifestation of God or the saints or whatever. And we know that Mary had a manifestation of the angel. So she saw the angel Gabriel, who then gave her that message. And we heard recounted in our reading all the many different ways that these visions have occurred all throughout the sacred scriptures. When it comes to a vision, they brought out something called ecstasy. During some rapture or ecstasy of the external senses. And there have been apparitions where they have tried to hurt the visionary. They've taken a flame and burnt part of their skin. They've tried to pick up a visionary. You know, so they're in this ecstatic state. This is true in many of the Marian apparitions. I find it interesting that in the champion apparition in Wisconsin, that Adele, the visionary, was aware of her surroundings. That one individual asked, well, who is it? Another asked, why can't we see her? And Adele responds. She said, Neil... The woman says she's the queen of heaven. And then the Blessed Virgin then gives a comment about that. So it would seem that she was granted that moment in order for Mary to commend the faith of those individuals. There are other visionaries, such as those in Kibeho, Africa, that during their vision, they'd danced and they sang and all of these different things. So there are different states of these ecstatic visions. And then finally, we heard today that Those who never seek them avoid a great part of this danger. So we might ask, do I seek an apparition? Or maybe what would be more interesting would be to consider that question, what if I received an apparition of Jesus? What if Mary appeared to me? What if one of the saints appeared to me? What would I do in that situation? Of course, we can't really say what we would do because we would be caught up in the moment. We would be in awe. Perhaps we would be scared. Mary was told, do not be afraid. And so sometimes fear can creep in in one of those moments. What would you do if you had a corporeal apparition? What do you think the message might be? I know I've thought about it. What would happen if such a thing happened to me? Of course, one of the things that you would do afterwards, as Maria mentions, is that you wouldn't necessarily accept it as truth right away. You have to subject it to scrutiny by others, by the tradition, by confessors and such, to determine if it's true or false. But you'll do that. And then whatever that message was, you're going to live it. We know that there are so many messages that Jesus and Mary have given Jesus, to St. Margaret Mary Alico, to St. Faustina, Mary, to the any number of the popular visions. And so as she has spoken, as they have been verified as true, well, now we live those messages. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm honored that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.